This episode of Our Gen Pod is brought to you by a grant from Family Nation and by listeners like you. Thank you. I'm Julian G. Simmons, and this is Our Gen Pod. Hi, everyone, and to those of you who are new to our podcast, welcome. Friendship. It's wonderful, it's complicated, and central to our health and happiness. Today, we're embarking on a journey that will take us through the many and varied aspects of our friendships. Earlier this year, we asked you to send us your thoughts about what friendship means to you. We were amazed and moved by the depth and breadth of comments we received, and it became very clear that friendship is not a one-size-fits-all subject. We've grappled with how best to present this material, at first thinking we would interweave thoughts together in a single episode, but then some of your comments were so incredible and all-encompassing, we decided to let them stand on their own. In my own life, I have found friendship to be a complex and complicated thing that I have often had difficulty dealing with. So I'm looking forward to hearing your experiences and insights on friendship, because like you, we value and cherish those relationships with all their ups and downs. Lee Armstrong, a therapist by profession, shared with us her personal thoughts about her experiences with friendship, and today we'll be sharing those thoughts with you. Here's my conversation with Lee. Lee, what kind of therapist are you? Um, I was trained as an art therapist and um, a marriage and family therapist, so I kind of was trained to use the two together. Did you have a particular story that you wanted to tell us or? Not one particular story. I was just thinking about how I think of my friends and kind of what they do for me because I consider myself sort of a, a terrible friend. I sort of forget to do those little things and send cards and forget to acknowledge and, and people do that and brought me along. So in that way, I've been... I think pretty lucky. I have friends that I've known since first grade, even though I lived 40-some years in Los Angeles. I returned to Delaware, and I still have friends here, which I thought was kind of remarkable. And it certainly isn't because of my doing. Um, it's them. They've kept up, and I find that really wonderful and more than amazing. So what's the, the value of friendship to you? Oh, my goodness. I think of friendship as that thing that is a reflection from other people of yourself. People that have been my lifelong friends, I think it's there's a quality to both of us that keep us attached in some way. But the other thing is this sort of a self-regulating system that really good friends kind of tell you when to get off. Um, they make sure that you're connected when you need to be. Um, I have friends, though, that are 
maybe not as close, but have been remarkable. For instance, when my daughter was quite ill, she needed to go in for chemo. And I was pleasantly surprised how many people stepped up to assist us because her husband and I weren't always able. And I was blown away by the quality of those gestures. It wasn't something that I was brought up to do. What they did for for us literally was that they drove my daughter to her chemo sessions and they took hours and they would either sit and talk to her or would just walk around the university campus. But each time my daughter had a really good time. And I mean, you know, she was an adult, but she was in a pretty um, dependent state. And for for me, that just was such a lovely eye-opener of how far people would be willing to go. Because, you know, in Los Angeles, there's nothing easy about driving. It's a real gesture. It's like picking someone up from um, LAX is really a test of friendship <laughs> because it's, it's harrowing, I find. I feel like I'm doing Frogger the whole time. It's... <laughs> It's all of those things, those little things that are just like the card that you get out of nowhere or, you know, when you're going through a really tough time and someone just sends a card and said, yeah, I, I, I was just thinking about you. And there's a card. People don't send them as much as they used to. And it's still um, incredibly valuable to get them, even if it's not as popular. And when I, Think about that, that there's a gesture that people used to do quite regularly, letter writing, um, notes and correspondence, and that those are fading because people use electronic ways of doing that. It's not the same. And so when friends do that for me, it's amazing. Um, and I, that has encouraged me to do the same. You said something earlier about friends will tell you when to get off or where to get <laughs> yeah. off. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. I think that's one of the things about a friend that will, as I call it, a self-regulating system, that when you've been incredibly negative, you walk into the room and you're just grabbing and I remember a friend saying, you haven't said a positive thing since you walked in the door. Oh, wow. You know, that's helpful to know that you have just darkened their space by your presence. And having friends that will do that, that means not only that they trust that you can hear it, but that I can take it. And that, I think, is valuable. Also, that you have friends that buoy you up when you've got things that are just going wrong. 
someone who will remind you of the things that you've done well and make sure that you know that when times are hard and you feel like you're fumbling, that they can say, you've been through this. This is nothing. You can do it. It's okay. You've got that. You've got the talent. This is just a rough spot. Mm. Keep going. And those are people that you really need. There's a gentleman named William Rollins, and he's written on the language of friendship. And I had never thought about that. That that was such an idea that the way that we speak to each other is not only meaningful, but that it becomes a thing, that a friend can be incredibly caring, but also can be harsh when they need to be, and that friends can really weather when we're awful. I mean, even when we seem to be awful to each other. And I mean, I think about that sometimes with friendships that were difficult. Uh And I've kept difficult friendships. I know sometimes people go, well, those people are toxic. And I'm like, that's not toxicity. That's a relationship that's challenging. And I keep those because they're not toxic. They're just challenging that those are people who are not critical or cruel. They are not going to let you get away with BS. They're going to hold their own and also allow you to be yourself. It's interesting you say that because one of the definitions of friend is someone who doesn't let you bullshit at the time that you need truth. Yeah, yeah. They'll call it as it is. They will Mm -hmm. give you a critique where other people will never do that. Yeah. Let me ask you about the loss of friendship. Mm. Because as we get older, Mm -hmm. it becomes more and more commonplace. Yeah, definitely. Having... Having lost a friend, and I think of that sometimes like even my mother was someone that you could just call and talk about whatever. And when I've had friends that I could just call and say something just ridiculous, you know, I saw this thing and it completely cracked me up and I knew that you'd get it. And not having that anymore is... I guess it's hard to say what it is. It's simply that when the impulse goes, I would call them or I would share this or I would want them to see it or do it with me and they're not there. And you realize how specific that friendship was, that those were things that you would do only with that person or at least... Um, you seem to do it only with that person. And I guess one of the things that happened was that as other people also were going through the loss, that we came together to kind of commiserate and um, lift each other. and, And sometimes simply to say, you know, I never told them this, or 
even to find forgiveness within ourselves, that something would get on our nerves and I would feel bad for that. And we could say, well, you know what, it got on my nerves too. And hearing that was helpful because that's when I realized we were all friends with somebody who was sometimes difficult, but on the other hand, also amazing. Human. Yeah. When someone, you know, the loss of someone um, who was a good friend, it's a gradual adjustment. It really does take a while, I think, to get accustomed to the fact that you don't have them to do that thing that you might do. I mean, for instance, um, taking a regular trip with with them, take walks in certain places, and then that's like, wow, now what? What do I, how do I do it? Do I have to fill it or I just let it be? I think when one of the things that you know, we don't do easily is get used to loss. That's pretty difficult, I think. It's not something we're prepared to do as young people. We're taught how to make friends, and it's difficult often for people to lose people. So often it's hard for people to teach you how to let go or how to keep a memory alive without thinking. Those rituals that we have are helpful. And that's something that we sort of do with more than one person. I think that's when we think about, like, this weekend, I'm going to be with my brother-in-law and family because his mother just died. And just being there, I, I, I think that's part of it, is that sometimes you're supportive to people who've lost someone, and that's friendship as well. Have you ever had a really close relationship that suffered some irreparable crisis? You just couldn't fix what happened between you and you lost someone that you never thought you would? Has that ever happened to you? Mm-hmm. You know, I think the sad thing is, is that the only relationship that stands out is actually my former husband, who had been described by me when I was first describing him to people as the friendliest man that I'd met. And then things began to change, and it's impossible now to have that relationship like that. And that seems often sad because there are times when I think this would be something that he would think is funny. Well, the old person would have thought it was funny not the current person. And maybe the saddest thing is that those changes also ruined his other relationships with other people, especially his children. So for me, that there's nothing to be done. I guess that's how I feel about it. Sometimes it's just nothing to be done. So friendships changed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Some maybe not so drastically where you just grow apart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think about those people that simply were just too far apart for too long, which is different from those people who you've been far apart from, and then one day they call you and say, I'm coming into town. Could we get dinner? And then you drop into a conversation as if you had been together for a long time. Those kinds of friendships are quite incredible. And 
I'm always happy for that. But you know, as you said, for those relationships where something drastic has happened, like suddenly they become politically different. I mean, so politically different <laughs> that I, I can't be friends. And I have those kind of friends of friends that their political differences are sufficient to make it impossible for me to be anything more than every once in a while, a casual get together, but not a come stay at the house yeah. kind of thing. Not it's to you find yourself like, you know, you can't really speak. You just stay on the surface about how delicious the food is or something. How important do you think friends are in life, especially now? How important? Boy. You know, it's cliched to say that friends are sort of that family that you pick up along the way and you recreate a family. But it is, I'm a therapist. And so one of the things I've often have to tell clients who are depressed and isolating is that being with other people is the thing that keeps you sustained. And so clinically, people are important to each other. They are what keep us alive. And that sounds really funny to me to say that, but I think it is true because I think that if anybody's had a low time in their life and they've sort of stayed to themselves, hunkered down, and then they get together with a few friends and have a few laughs, they come out of it feeling so much better. And I think that's part of what's so important. I think about how good it feels when I'm with my friends. Great. I'm laughing. We're telling stories. They remind me of the things that I've done that were incredibly dumb. And I put them out of my mind and, <laughs> and completely forgot. <laughs> And they're also, you know, my oldest friends remind me of just history, personal history and hometown history, things that kind of keep you sparked. And my friends, because they're, you know, they're not one thing, have all those different influences and interests. And that keeps me feeling alive and buoyant and the world is a much more interesting, lovely place, despite all of the things that go on in the world that are terrible. Friends remind you that people are inherently decent and unique and funny and creative. And I find that to be incredibly life-sustaining. People wither without contact with others. And that's part of the reason I think that it's not just being around people, it's being with people who are stimulating and just plain like you. They like being around you and, and being um, loved and liked, I think is incredibly important. I mean, we certainly can see the results of someone who's not been loved and liked, and they become terrible people who are not kind and don't know how to do good. So that's kind of a long answer about why I think friends are important. Well, no, it's a wonderful answer, actually. 
you've said a lot of insightful things and thoughtful things. And the interesting thing is talking to different people or listening to what they've submitted is friendship is so complex and means so many different things to people and that it's going to be a, a real <laughs> challenge for us to put this episode together. <laughs> Amazingly enough, we haven't found very many psychologists, for example, or people who are experts that have focused just on friendship. Or they are very young, and when you read what they say, it's from a much younger perspective. Because as we get older, friendship is a very different thing and has a, a very different meaning as we age. And how a lot of people say, well, I have my one group of friends and that's all I need. As I'm older, I'm happy for the friends that I have. And, and the interesting thing is that almost everyone that we've talked to said that the people who are really still their friends are their friends they made when they were young. Ah. And then on the other side of the spectrum, a guy said that his best friend is himself with a very interesting and believable argument for that. But a lot of people have struggled. They haven't been able to come up with what friendship is, mm -hmm. which is something I think Rob and I didn't expect when we put this out there. But some people don't even want to talk about what friendship is to them. And others have just enjoyed it and experienced it and not talked about it. So they haven't had to verbalize what friendship is. Especially as I was leaving Los Angeles, saying goodbye to people. And we didn't even know you were leaving. Well, I, I wasn't actually putting it out there because I didn't want to deal with everyone saying goodbye, goodbye, because it was really, A, it was, it was incredibly stressful because I was selling my house so stressed. And I just went, I cannot deal with goodbyes. And every once in a while, I'd have to because my book club people, I had to say goodbye to them. And I had to say goodbye to my neighbors and my colleagues at work. And so I said, I'm not going to put it on Facebook. I'm just not. I'll let people know, you know, once I'm starting to feel settled that, okay, guys, this is where I am. How hard was it for you to leave your friends in L.A.? That's an interesting... I hadn't really quantified it. I lived in Los Angeles for 42 years. You know, that's a long time because I'd made some friends in as soon as I... I mean, almost before I lived there. So I was leaving people who knew me when, and that was hard. But also... I'm going to be far away from them. You know, just the recognition that I may not see some people again. And as I talked about the idea of, of people who have sustained you, I had definitely friends who were sustaining when I was going through one thing or another. I don't feel like as a kid that I had the need for someone to be there for me. But as an adult, I did. And, you know, leaving those friends who'd been there was difficult. It was really multiplied in a way because having lost a friend, dealing with everything, and then her death was quite shocking. And so it actually, in that respect, I had one really close friend that I wasn't leaving. 
and that made it somewhat different. I have another really good friend that I left and and was trying to keep it going, but it's been hard because, as you said, as we get older, our friends start to drop away, whether it's health or death or distance because they move to be closer to someone or downsizing and moving to Florida. But there's that. Detaching isn't something I'm comfortable with. So how do you feel now that you're in Delaware? Well, for one thing, I was the only family member, gosh, west of the Allegheny Mountains. Everyone else was here. So being here, I'm around family more. I see you know people quite regularly. And I have friends here. I still haven't seen people, but I can they're they're right there. Um, we can get together easily. We can do things together. So in some respects, I felt like I was going to pick up and go to another phase of life. But it didn't seem like I was going to be going to something incredibly new. The one thing that's different is that it's not the place I left. So there's that. And Is that good or bad? <laughs> oh, it's much better. Not as white. Uh, we're in a neighborhood that is incredibly diverse. So there's that. Do you consider yourself somebody thinking through your life that needed to have friends or that friends are just a wonderful extra? Oh, heavens no. I'm a, definitely a, a person who needs friends. I mean, it's a little silly to say, but I think it's not only are its friends self-regulating system, but I think also they're validating. Um, I think that we validate each other. And that's something that I think people need it, whether they would admit it or not. I don't think there's very many people who would be able to just congratulate themselves every day. Um, good job, Lee. Good job. <laughs> Great to go. Wonderful. Keep it up. That's funny. I mean, I mean, I, I can think of one person who does that, but he's a big stinker, and we don't want him to be president again. Yeah, I agree. And so that's, I think, yeah, I think that's where I really, I, because that's, you know, my, I wake up going, who am I going to see today? <laughs> and it's not easy. It's like really um, to do that. As I said, I'm a terrible friend because it's, it, it's also a little exhausting because uh, although I'm social, it's exhausting. So <laughs> there's that. I actually do think of friendship as something it is needed, that it keeps you going. And um, It's a wonderful thing to say. And being able to make friends and be a better friend, I think it's not a bad life goal. Well, it's too bad we didn't get to know you even better while you were here. <laughs> But other than our social gatherings, you know. <laughs> well, if you're ever coming in the East Coast, I will have a guest room. So you're welcome. Well, it was great to talk to you, Lee. Oh, thank you. We hope you have a wonderful life in your new house. And if we come back East, we'll look you up. Absolutely. Okay. All righty. You take care. And thank you so much, Lee. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. 
I can really relate to so much of what Lee had to say. I want to share with you a couple of closing thoughts and leave you with a couple of questions. Recently, I spent the day with some old friends, Nancy and Candido, from my hometown, who were here on a brief visit. As I sat with them, I thought about all the years we've known each other, especially Nancy, who I met during my first year in high school. When my sister was dying of cancer and I couldn't be with her, Nancy spent hours with her at the hospital, giving me updates on what was happening. She was there for my sister, who otherwise would have been alone in those last days of her life. And like Lee said, one of the miracles of friendship is when your friends step in to help, to comfort, or simply to be there in some way when we need it most. I remember other times when people suddenly showed up in my life, helping me through some tough times in the most personal ways, maybe for just minutes, or a day, or for months, and how profoundly their presence and support affected me, and still does. So I want to ask you, does friendship need to be a long-term permanent relationship, or can it happen in just a moment? Is it only dear friends who can be there for us, or can a stranger offer us a shoulder to lean on? Can a friendship be born in a simple act of kindness? As our friend Philip Silverstone says in his upcoming contribution, there is no word for an old friend you just met. I hope you'll think about these questions and share your thoughts with us. This topic has generated some really remarkable thoughts on friendships from our listeners that we're eager to share with you, and we really hope you'll continue to listen in and join in the conversation. You can share your story on our website at www.ourgenpod.com. Just click on the yellow microphone on any page and record your message. We'll do our best to include your voice in the series. I want to thank Lee Armstrong for allowing us into her life and sharing her personal experiences, thoughts, and feelings on friendship. And I want to thank Rob Wilson for his expert direction in editing and my old friend Bill Aldridge, the creator of our theme music. And thanks to you for being a part of the Our Gen Pod family. If you like what you hear, please consider making a financial gift to the podcast or even become a monthly subscriber. It truly supports us in what we're trying to accomplish. You can do so by visiting our website at www.ourgenpod.com and clicking on the donate button. I'm Julian G. Simmons. Thanks for listening. Unless otherwise noted, all content in this podcast is copyright unauthorized films. This podcast includes copyrighted material, which has not always been specifically authorized by the copyright owner. This content is used only where it is the specific subject of commentary by us and our guests as part of our effort to advance understanding of issues of social and historical significance. We believe that this constitutes a fair use of the material in accordance with the Fair Use Section of U.S. Copyright Law Section 107, which reads, the fair use of a copyrighted work for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, or research is not an infringement of copyright.
Further information on this claim of fair use may be found on our website at rgenpod.com.